You are listening to the Podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 101 for the week of April 1st, 2013. Welcome back, everybody, to the longest-running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, and occasionally HBO's Game of Thrones. As usual, this is Ashley, this is Amin, and this is Kyle. And today we return for uh, Season 3 uh, reviews, and we'll be starting with Episode 1, Valar Doheris. Hopefully Mimi will be joining us uh, for Episode 2, fingers crossed and onwards. Yeah! <laughs> the return of Mimo coming. <laughs> um, but we're going to start with our usual uh, lemon cake uh, rating, starting with uh, Ashley. Uh, give us a re- lemon cake rating out of 5 and what you thought about the episode in a couple sentences. Um, I gave it a 3.75 mm. <laughs> lemon cakes. Um there were no table flipping. There was one eye roll and one teeth gritting, though. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you, Carl? Um, I'd give it a three out of five. I thought it was a pretty solid episode. Um, lots of room for improvement, lots of room to build on. But I think for a premiere episode, it was uh, it was pretty good. Cool. I'll give it a 3.527 out of five <laughs> lemon cakes. <laughs> <laughs> of getting the little knives out. No, I'll give it 3.5 out of 5. Um, <laughs> and I, th- I feel like we're all, I'm on the same page with all of you. Like, I, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, it wasn't, it was a good starting episode. I, I can't give it a 4 or 5 yet because I expect more of the series. Like, I'm positive. I expect that it's going to go up from here, yeah. right? So they did what needed to be done. And even like Roz was okay this time. So I, I mean, even that, there was an eye roll for that, but it was okay. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's play guess the eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Guess the eye roll. It was a little bigger. Your turn, Kyle. All right. Well, um, you, I think first at the beginning of this, we should say for any new listeners that are finding us, um, now that the show's back up and run, we always have an influx of new listeners that we are a spoiler-filled podcast. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't read the books, beware. Yeah. I think we should give that warning. That's, that's a good point. But pretty much 95% or more of our episodes are spoiler-filled. Every once in a while, yes. we, might, we might have one that isn't and we'll mention it. But we are a podcast that has always been dedicated to the books. We enjoy the TV show, but we always come from the book perspective in terms of knowing what's going on and analyzing and trying to get that balance between rage and, and uh, what's the opposite of rage, I guess, or love. We don't know the opposite is in, a, in quotation marks at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, and, and I watch the show with a bunch, usually I have a mix of uh, book readers and TV viewers, but this time it was all book readers, but we still, like, it wasn't too bad. There's no table flips. We all kind of accept it. We, we know that things are different now when we rolled with it. Exactly. So Awesome. So let's uh, jump right into it, guys. Um, as uh, any of our listeners from last year know, last year we kind of went scene by scene and um, sort of tried to talk about each one. But this year I think we're going to try something a little different. We're going to talk about uh, characters and their arcs throughout the entire episode and uh, what we thought of that. So to start things off, uh, we have uh, – it starts off right where season two ended with Samuel Tarley. And uh, in this scene he's just running. He's running through the he's running through the snow. He comes across a dead bread brother and a black brother, and uh, runs into his other ones. So, what'd you guys think about this scene? Well, it's nice to know where where uh, Ghost finally was. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that that Ghost is around there, like because he... where the hell was he? <laughs> well, he was with he was just you know hunting or something. Like he he has the ability to, to to travel all over the place. Like he's a wild animal, but he has that connection to John. So I'm yeah. glad that he helped Sam. And he doesn't want to leave Sam because if Sam dies, he's going to have a big meal to eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a win-win situation for him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
at, at the risk of uh, jumping ahead a little bit, I always thought that part of the reason why John fit in with the wildlings was because they saw him as kind of one of them because he was a warg, which seems to be a beyond the wall type characteristic. But that's getting ahead of myself. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> ghosts will show up over there. Like uh, they're not maybe. that far away. Like he, he, they have a connection, right? He could mm. he could show up. It's hard to see where he'll be. Yeah, who knows. So I think the biggest gripe with this scene that everybody seems to have, and I actually didn't notice it right away when I first started watching it, but then halfway through the episode, I was like, wait a, just a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> Is they skip the entire battle at the Fist of the First Men. Um, we didn't get to see any uh, any zombie bears running around. Mm. Um, we didn't see any of that. And I guess we're... You know, it seems really strange. I was thinking about it, and if you if you watch the last episode of season two and this first episode back to back without any sort of break, just continually mm. going on, you'd have this giant army of zombie monsters there one second, and then the next second they're completely gone. And I think I think it really wouldn't hold up if you watch the two episodes back to back, but with a year in between, you could kind of give it a little leeway. Um, mm, that's a good point. I guess, but remember, like when the others come, the darkness comes though. So maybe it's just got a dark. <laughs> well, apparently they filmed. Uh, I mean, uh, um, uh, John Bradley. He uh, when they were filming this scene, it took the entire day to film this one scene, mm. and it was actually a, it was an actual snowstorm going on while they were filming this. So he Can was running all day thing? in a snowstorm. Yep. What's Why that? the hell is no one wearing hats? How <laughs> do they, they have, have to show ears up their hair? left? Seriously, <laughs> no one is wearing a damn hat in Iceland. What the hell? They all got eaten by, uh, I mean, well, the others took them. Let the me make a them. hockey analogy. It's like when, when you're playing hockey and if no one's wearing visors, you don't want to be the one that wears it, right? Hats so, are for pussies. That's so no, the that's basically, they'd rather lose their ears than to... to uh, the Canadian making a hockey analogy. <laughs> How unusual. Yeah. But I, I couldn't blame them for not having, uh, you know, because they have limited money and they're saving it for later in the in the season, right? They sure. don't want to spend too much there. The, the, the only thing annoying from, from that is... Just as I said last season, he was surrounded by whites, and then he's here. How the hell did that happen? Yeah. But you just got to roll with it. But it, it's strange. It makes me feel like we're to think that the Black Brothers won. They defeated all the others that were there in it, that It might have worked if Sam hadn't been surrounded by them last time. I mean, if maybe he saw them go off, and then we're just seeing Sam's point of view, then he wouldn't have seen the battle. But, I mean, he was surrounded by them, and they just walked around the fat guy. Yeah, yeah, strange. You just gotta. I mean, it gets, it's a balance of like, well, that was an awesome scene. It was great to have such a scene with all that special effects. Because yeah. you could say, well, well, they could they could have just not done that scene in the second season. Then it would be consistent. But then you would have nothing. <laughs> then you would have no good good effects. But here's the thing: like, why the hell is Sam getting blamed for not sending the Ravens when he didn't really have much of a chance? Unless he ran back to the camp and then he split up again. Like when the, when he was supposed to send the Ravens. Yeah, exactly. Like his, his was... only job? Well, he was digging pits. That's two jobs. Don't make him dig pits then. It's your fault for not managing <laughs> properly, right? <laughs> if he's only got one job, don't make him do a second job. Yeah. Listen yeah, to I, all I you bosses out there. <laughs> Somebody pointed out that he was blaming the books, so they were trying to be maybe match the books, but it didn't match the books because the scene was different. Yeah. So maybe you should have just dropped it. But And I, I feel like they, I mean, are, so are they? Are we not going to have Sam the Slayer? I think show? we're going to have that later on. Oh, they have plenty yeah. of time. But, uh, I mean, I thought it happened like closer around Caster's Keep when that happened. I could be wrong, though. Okay. Regardless, like, there's plenty of time to do it, even if it was supposed to be now. But I think it's later on. So They have to have Sam the Slayer, though. We've got to <laughs> do that. All right, cool. <laughs> do you have anything else to say on about Sam, then? I'm good. Mm, yep. Nope. 
Okay, so we head on to our next scene, which uh, is our only scene with John. Mm-hmm. Um, John sees a giant and meets Mance Raider. Discuss. Okay, um, just before we get into it, I want to say the giant looked awesome, and yeah. as someone who likes to watch Once Upon a Time, and they have a giant in that show, I have to say the difference is like night and day in terms of how well it looks, right? So, good on HBO on that. Yeah. All right. Once, but Once Upon a Time doesn't have a good-looking giant? It has a horrible-looking giant. Okay. Like, Xena had better giants. Oh, God, Xena was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not, let's not hold it to the Xena standard. That's <laughs> so we, we, There we go. <laughs> so, uh, so I got to say, uh, the, the CGI or whatever on this scene, or if I, I got to imagine it was CGI because they had a whole camp of wildlings, which looked fantastic in the snow, um, unless they actually set up all those tents. I thought that was yeah. a great shot. They can have a camp of wildlings. They can't have a hands turny. <laughs> well, that was season one. This is season three money, right? Oh. Oh. We're getting vicious over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. No, I don't, I don't just like got people real. shouting at me when I'm obviously on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that at the start of the episode. <laughs> We're podcasting now. North of the wall, they don't obey no men. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was it was a good scene, um, and it was good to see. Like I, li- I like the actor they chose for Mance Raider, um, and I, but I think it's too early to see what to judge him because some people are saying he lacked charisma or something. But we've only had the one scene, right? We have to judge with yeah. more scenes. Uh, I thought he, I thought he pulled it off well. Um, I enjoy the actor as well. Yeah. So they just need Tormund to laugh a little bit more. But again, they have plenty of time to do that. He's not all a serious guy, right? <laughs> Tormund is, is a funny guy. He makes jokes, like yeah. so. But I mean, I guess they just they just met John. You can't expect him to be too jovial but but i mean like there's plenty of time you can show a stern side now Mm. jovial side later that was kind of my uh teeth gritting moment which the john meeting the manse i I just well it just seemed really dark and um i guess south of the wall ish it didn't really have the wilding vibe that you know like he's in there playing music and there are women around hmm it just seemed very battle camp yeah. rather than wildling camp. The Mance didn't seem like a bard anyway, like the bard style of him, right? But I mean, he didn't mention that story, so I guess he's not a bard here, right? He didn't he didn't say that he went down. There. Yeah, I think they're gonna skip the whole. They just bard, change him up a bit, which, bit right? which isn't a big deal. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I, don't know, I missed that part. I, I thought like it really distinct the difference between wildlings and the Lords of Westeros. Like wildlings, it's all about it's their family, they're protecting. Like this is their home. Mm. I thought you were going to say the difference between wildlings and those Southerns is that they they play music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was definitely a more serious tone, and I think uh, I think they might have needed to do that to fit with just the scene we just came from, like the like you know two <laughs> two uh, above the wall blocks over. There was just a large battle with zombie monsters, yeah. so I think it'd be strange if we cut right into like some dude being like, "Hey, I'm playing a song." <laughs> like, I think they they gave it a more serious tone, and and I think it fits with the show. But yeah, it's definitely a change from the book. I think we need a couple episodes. It's just too much to judge with one episode. There's mm. so much things to put down. We need to see how it goes in the next few episodes before we can. I have no problem with it so far. It was a good how do, scene. How do you feel about Tormund Giantsbane? I mean, as I said, like if he, if, as long as he shows his jovial side in the next couple of episodes, then it's fine. Like this is his jovial. Serious. You mean his giant penis? But he should make references to it. That's what he does, right? He's always got dick jokes. <laughs> yeah. That's why he would do. He would be a good guest host to have on here. 
like <laughs> he'd fit in he fits well and in, in like the house manwoody but uh, uh like yeah, so tell so tell me ashley did you did you think the same thing i did when you saw the giant cgi giant were you like that's how they should do the mountain <laughs> that never CGI crossed my mind <laughs> How'd be but funny if they the, had mountain CGI the whole they can't afford that. Were either of you disappointed that it wasn't just a giant hairy Sasquatch? <laughs> no, I like the thing they did. They gave yeah. him a very like uh, Crow Magnon kind of face and whatnot, made it very primal. Like yeah. Do you guys think that was one one? No. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Alright, anything else about this scene? Or John's scene? John's arc? I like Pigret. I have yeah. no complaints yeah. about her. Yeah. Good, good, good groundwork. I think there's this potential here. So, yeah, let's see. All right. So next, uh, next we move on to Bron. Bron doesn't actually have too much of an arc here, but uh, it opens up. He's getting cock blocked by Podrick Payne, <laughs> and then uh, he wants to fight the Kingsguard. So he's in a couple scenes. What do you guys think? Oh, and then uh, later he's talking to Tyrion about how he's not getting paid enough. So. I think the writers love Bron. Like they're having him yeah. go against everybody, but I think it's a lot more believable here than against the Hound. I think I like I like the scene when he goes toe to toe. So you think it's more believable that he can fight two completely armored seven best knights in the kingdom versus versus the Hound? Do you think he'd have a better chance with the former? I think he has a better chance against these guys than the Hound, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if he would win. I think think his cockiness in facing them is more believable. The the Hound has a bit more of a reputation. I mean, against the Hound, you have to be cocky anyway, so he can't show any fear. Like, he had to be cocky regardless, but he probably was afraid. Versus these guys... Not so much. Like, I mean, yeah, you're right. They're fully armored. I think he, like there were there was gaps though in their armor. That's why he was going for the dagger. Maybe he was going to go like if he's really quick, he'd go for like something. I mean, it, it's not he's not armored properly to take them. But in terms of just like Marin Trant versus the Hound, like come on, Marin Trant. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. None. Of, neither of those guys are particularly well known. I don't even know who the hell the other guy is. Like he's just some. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So. So then we have uh, we get to Tyrion and uh, we find Tyrion uh, checking out his new uh, his new face. Cersei comes to visit, and then uh, later on he talks to his dad. So what do you guys think about Tyrion? <clears throat> uh, probably my favorite scene in the, in the show, like this episode, the one with his father. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, that was mine too. Yeah. I think that was a pretty powerful scene, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a lot of lot of lines directly from the book in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think last time we were talking about actors that haven't read the books, and uh, Charles Dance being one of them. Like, even if he hasn't read the books, he's nailing it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why we're in the forgive it because he's doing a good job. If if he was if he, if he like faltered in that scene, then we'd pull out the rage and be like, oh well, if he'd read the books, it would have influenced him. But he did he did what he needed to do. He's great. The crazy actor yeah. if they can get it without reading and yeah. we destroy them if they don't. <laughs> But he got it, right? So there you go. We're happy. He was great. The lines were great. The reference was great. You brought a whore into my bed. Like, like there hasn't one been there one already. Like, the iron yeah. there is so funny. And there will be one there later, right? It's just perfect. Like, the perfect setup. So, <laughs> um, And I, I, we have to mention, like, in the because uh, in the forums they were talking about, like, Tywin has a small penis theory or something and why he's <laughs> mad. I think not quite that, but, it, but I do think that it goes back to what Jenna Lannister said is Tywin sees so much of Tyrion... Uh, like so much of himself in Tyrion, that's why he hates him because he, he's he himself has like a thing for whores and he's lusty and stuff, right? But he has to I hide agree. it, and Tyrion just throws it out in the world, embarrasses all of them. So I think that's why the line is, "You brought a whore into bed, my bed." Well, he does it as well. He just hides. It, right? I, I agree. Uh, uh, I I completely agree, and I, I know I mentioned it before. I think in a guy's night out, but it's a very um, 
J. Edgar Hoover kind of thing where uh, supposedly he was homosexual, but he was raised uh, by such a strict mother that homosexuality was like the most grievous of sins. And so he, he hated himself and he had such inner turmoil and he was so angry that that he was that, then he hid it, and he, and he didn't tell anyone. And I got I a very similar thing from, um, from Tywin, that he, you know, he loves the whores, but he, he was <laughs> raised, you know, he was like, I can't show that sort of weakness and everything. And, um, I, I, I'm going to disagree and say that she was re- referring to his low cunning and <laughs> what they see in each other. Oh, uh, sorry, my, my, my audio cut out there for a minute. I may have uh, missed part of that conversation. What do you mean by low cunning? Jenna was more referring to how scheming mm. Tyrion can be. Well, again, that's also true, right? All, all of that. He's both. He's got the intellectual and the scheming capabilities, and they have the same desires. <laughs> Could be a good mix. What else was that in that scene? That's pretty much yeah. Like they, and, and good, good on the writers for taking from the books good lines. Yeah, exactly. Right. Use it. Like you have the you have this incredible material there, and they did it. So I that agree. was a great scene, and we definitely, I guess, my favorite scene. Yeah. Well, so anything else on this on no, Tyrion's arc? I just want to say, like, I mean, remember we also had good interactions between them in season one as well. So I'm really looking forward to the other I'm, scenes they have coming up. I am looking forward to seeing Tywin and Cersei. We have not seen that yet, and I want to see him rip her a new one. <laughs> I think if Charles Dance keeps it up, he should get some sort of award this year. Like, he can't all go to his son. He's going to be even more jealous. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah. And I, I just can't wait for any encounter with Joffrey. That's what I want to say. Just, just, just want to say here and now though. Like, there's certain sins that are that are unforgivable table flips. And if if they don't do things like at least like the books are close to it in terms of like the whole Shay thing, that's going to be very hard for me to forgive. Like, I, like it's, it's been set up so well that in next season I definitely want to see like the whole Shay thing in, in the bed. Yeah. And all of that and those lines. Like, if, if Charles Dance is like, oh, I don't want to die in the toilet or whatever. And they change because of that. I'm going to be pissed. Just, just saying. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think. Do you guys, do you guys think that uh, the writers are going to pick a solid side and show it? Like mm. either our, either our side, Tyrion uh, Tywin loves whores, or Mimi's side, no, he doesn't. Um, do you, do I think, think there's a middle side to that, though. I think like I think Tywin loves whores is it can't be stopped. I think that's that's pretty much acceptable. <laughs> the only question. Stopped. Does does did he actually go for Shay? Is the question like because there's a difference between going for Shay and going going for whores in general. Oh, I didn't know about this argument, but um, yeah, I feel like they're gonna pick a side and they're gonna they're gonna slap us in the face with it. And I think they're gonna show. show <laughs> they're gonna, well, I think we talked about this. I mean, one thing they could do, but I think would be a mistake, is to before that have Tywin like go with Roz or something. Like that would give them a chance oh. to fit their Roz like meter, and also like it would show that. But then that would ruin the surprise. Yeah, you awesome. need that shock factor. So, so I don't think they'll do that. Yeah. God. All right. <laughs> so moving on to the next character, guys. Okay. Uh, we have. Uh, let's check out Davos. Uh, so we find him on the rock after the Battle of Blackwater, getting a nice sun suntan, and then uh, later on he eventually makes it to Dragonstone and encounters Stannis and Melisandre, and gets his ass thrown in jail. Salador Sawan, best supporting character this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you love him because he's a jokester. Yeah. His oh, four weddings. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't enjoyable. have too much to add about this. It, it all kind of went went with the books on this one, and, and uh, I thought it was all well acted and well shown, and it all made sense to me. They didn't give him his uh, vision of like the... God, like you know, the gods or whatever, he had some sort of like thing, but that doesn't—that's not really that relevant. Mm. I think he was—I think it was that was always a red herring, one of those red herring ones, right? Yeah. In terms of being like Azor Ahai or 
stuff. So, but uh, yeah, Melisandre was being mean. <laughs> was being, oh, she was being mean. <laughs> is, yeah, prodding him kind of, right? I don't, yeah, I don't know, that, I don't that remember how it was. That kind of odd because that didn't seem in character, did it? Her, that you know, whispering would... about his, his his son dying by fire. Well, I think she said in the book, she. I think she taunted him and said, well, you told the king, or you told Stannis yeah. uh, that I shouldn't be at the Battle of Blackwater, and you guys lost. It's like, it's yeah. all your fault. I think I think he, she... Yeah, that came out yeah, in the book as, as well, that kind of accusation. And in fact, I think we, we, I wanted to talk about that, both either book and the show. The question is, what could she have done to change yes. the battle, right? I was like, going to ask the same damn thing. It's. Uh, I know, what, what she'd been able to, like... She can produce Stop a shadow fire or, or 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 become stronger in the wildfire. Like what? What? I don't. I don't know either. Um, release She's an army of shackle babies. She's talking because she can. <laughs> what was that, Ashley? She's just talking because she can. Yeah, she's yeah. playing up her power. I mean, she's good. I mean, in fact, she even mentions that later on. I think she's always, you always should always hide what you can do and try to exaggerate the power you have and hide your weaknesses in terms of magic. Oh, yeah. So she's just probably just bullshitting because yeah, if she made another shadow baby, what is that going to do? Like. There's, they, they had no way of knowing that like Tyrion or was even there, or he was the one that's going to come up with this plan. Even killing Tyrion might not have changed things. Like if Bronn still knew what to do, like it's just, I think it's just bullshitting to cover herself. Like a, there's not much she could have done to change yeah. it. And I mean, in fact, that's the, 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 what happened matched her vision, right? So what happened was what was going to happen. She just misunderstood the vision. Mm. Like Stannis still got crushed by Renly, but it was just the guy in Renly's armor. Yeah. So or Renly's legacy. So yeah, she's just taking advantage of that. I think. Interesting. Yeah. But I like how, like, I mean, Davos did look like he he was a, a, like an inch away from death, kind of, right? He he barely survived, and oh yeah, he just looked frazzled the, the whole episode. So he did, he it's did. Good. He was just all shaken up, and yeah. you know, he lost his sons. He lost he lost everything. And I, I wonder, like, how people who are like watching the show, uh, who are just viewers, like, the, do they think like Davos is done for now? They're going to be surprised what happens to Davos, like coming back. So it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, it is. But I gotta say that I wish I had uh, Davos's skin because he goes from being like blistered and burnt <laughs> to two scenes later having like you know commercial worthy skin again. So well, Saldor Sawn gave him some like stuff from the east. Some gave him some ointments. <laughs> <laughs> ointments from the Valyrian cream. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's check out Rob. He's only in one scene, and he arrives at Harrenhal and finds two hundred dead Northmen there. Yeah, how did they get there? I guess they just got, they were like. I was just confused about this scene. Like I I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I didn't realize Heron Hall was full of Northmen. Well, that's just two hundred. I mean, I think what happened is either those two hundred were like scouters or raiders, and they got killed by the mountain and left there, or they got them somehow. Like they were just. Well, I mean, in the book, the mountain killed all the servants of the in the place, but yeah, those weren't specifically Northmen. Those were just. Yeah, yeah. Everyone who was there. I don't. I don't think they were those. Yeah. Well, I guess they they might have had prisoners there, or or they got them at some point, or whatever. Like I don't think it's. You can come up with some way why that happened. I don't think that's because it's only two hundred. It's not like two thousand Northmen or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was quickly trying to think the entire time. I was like, okay, what are their two hundred Northmen doing at Harrenhal? And I was just. It kind of took me out of it. They could have been chasing like Jamie or something. For you know how they said hundreds of people after Jamie. Could have been a pack of two hundred going after Jamie. They got ambushed by the mountain. Like there's so many things you can come up with that the whole point is just to show that the mountain is another like he's just inhuman he doesn't even take prisoners okay um and he put them there and that the one thing that that for a second well, I, I was going to flip a table like i was going to i had my hand on the table because <laughs> I, I thought they said jason Malister was there and i was like first of all how the hell did he get there and we haven't even <laughs> mentioned the river men and like why would jason Malister of seaguard like be there 
But then it was like, no, wait, it's not Jason, it's Jeremy Malister, and I took my hand off the table. (laughs) It's just some Malister guy. (laughs) What I thought would have been more effective about, you know, showing the mountain is uh, if there were women and children mixed in with those bodies. I mean, that's Mm. what it was in the books. I didn't see, notice any it looked like men. True. No women, no children, but there was a maester. Mm. Kyburn. (laughs) What is going on? I quickly was like, okay, what, what, who, like... I was trying to remember, like, where did they find him in the book? What was going on? What's, would you, what? Yeah. Well, they have to, he had to come in from a different angle. In fact, I was surprised he came in so early here. Uh, but I mean, like, because before they had Ruth separated from Rob, right? Since, mm-hmm. since everything is all together, Kyburn has to come from a different angle because Kyburn was with Ruth. So it, it's okay that he came here. I was just surprised that he came so early. In fact, like, that means, are they going to play up this character? Well, great. He's an interesting character. He's evil. He's doing all this stuff. But it's interesting to see, like, his political rise in power, right? He's Yeah. Um, well, I just hope it doesn't look like he's rising in power because Rob stupidly trusts him or something like, yeah, like that. That's, well, that would be weird. I kind of, yeah, I saw that on the forums. I was also thinking about, like, is Kyburn, was Kyburn planted there or was he just there by chance? Maybe he was planted there, is the question, Interesting. right? Well, are they going to have the Brave Companions? I don't think so. Well, it depends what happens to Jamie, right? Well, I know yeah. he gets his hand cut off. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. who does that? Yeah. So, Kyburn might not, not be with the Brave Companions, which is fine. Like, he was only there, like, because he had nowhere else. He was just, like, he was taking advantage of them. He just needed to. Yeah. He could be with what other outlaw group. It doesn't matter. He's just, like, a guy for hire. Yeah. So... It's interesting to see if Kyburn is going to be a plant or if he was just there by chance. And mm. both of them are both interesting like storylines to go with. Yeah. So. And I think this is also a good way to get uh, Roos to show Roos arriving at Harrenhal. Because Rob's probably going to take off and leave Roos there. So we kind of mm. know. They could split up. Yeah, they do need to kind of split up at some point, probably, right? Yeah. They, although they could keep them together. It's hard to see. But, I mean, it, it allows them to have the split up of troops again. And then Roos could start messing around and doing things and meet Jamie. Oh. Like, there's, there's all kinds of options. You're right. Yeah. I was about to say, am I the only one who envisions Roos riding a bear half-naked? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of, what kind of oh, sick no. sexual fantasy is this, I was going to say, actually. what kind of sex player well, are you I, two here? Shirtless. <laughs> Oh, because no, like, that makes it less does. sexy. Like, what? He's riding a bear shirtless. <laughs> yeah. Who the hell would he be riding a bear? Because he looks like Putin. Does Putin oh, ride a bear? <laughs> this is one of Ashley's. He does look like Putin, right though. Like, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if Putin is a fan of the Game of Thrones. He's like watching it. He's like. He's taking notes. Yeah. Poot, poot. He's going to sue for defamation of his character. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Kyburn's going to be interesting what they do with him. Yeah. That was yeah, pretty be cool. I didn't expect to have a character like that. Like, uh, this kind of character, like, uh, first, I'm like, uh, well, I'm like, hopefully they won't cut him. I was worried they might even cut him, right? They can't do that. But can you remind, can you guys remind me where where they found him in the book? Um. Well, he was with the Brave Companions. I think after so, they split up, he just kind of wandered. And he helped out uh, Jamie. Um, he helped treat Jamie, and then what happened from there to get to King's Landing? How did he get to King's Landing? He went with somebody. All right, guys, that's for our listeners. Let us know in the comments. Oh, or, <laughs> or, or we can just search Kyburn and Wiki of Ice and Fire. And <laughs> Drop the knowledge the hand. Yeah, and we, know, we knew he was an ex-maester, but how did he get there? He was a Brave Companions, uh, Storm of Swords, Kyburn healed him. He left the company and joined the court at King's Landing. So Apparently, just when uh, the Brave Companions turned cloak and joined Roos Bolton, uh, Roos just kind of appointed Quyburn yeah. as the Harrenhal's maester. I, just, I don't remember, like, how the hell did he, like, get to know Cersei then? Like, because Cersei doesn't just talk to anybody. Well, eventually he gets to King's Landing at some point. Um, Left the company Ty- in the Tywin, court. maybe? No? He's in, he's in Chapter 3 of Cersei, so he joined the court. You have to read Chapter 3. 
Oh, God. Listeners, drop the knowledge bomb on us. Let us know about Quiburn. <laughs> what are we missing? <laughs> all right. What's the next scene we head to? Um, all the ladies, including Littlefinger, chalk on, on the dock. So we've got Sansa and Shay having a game, uh, and Littlefinger and Roz join them. <laughs> I have nothing to say. All right. I think somebody put this well. Like, first of all, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I was like, okay, Roz. I, I knew Roz was going to be in, in this, in, in this show. Like, even the first episode, I was, I was like, bet, I was betting with my friends. I was like, they're not going to have Bran or whatever, but Roz is going to be there. Well, that makes sense. It's King's Landing, right? They got to show King's Landing. But yep. somebody, somebody summed it up pretty well. Like in, in the forums, somebody said, Roz, I don't care about your backstory. You're not even a freaking character. <laughs> <laughs> summed it up pretty well. That being said, it was fine. Like it, in terms of scenes, like raw scenes, it was a fine scene. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Yep. On its own, it's just like when if you get six or seven more of those scenes, is when it starts to. It was just kind of know, completely fit. unnecessary and took away from what other characters could have been doing. <laughs> well, I mean, we we, we now uh, Dantos is gone. We're not going to see Dantos oh, he's gone? anymore. I think we're all kind of. Are we all on board on that? I I, I think Dantos is just gone. Like, just because well, didn't like the actor or something, or what happened? Yeah, I just well. well uh, seems like Littlefinger's taking his place. But <laughs> it's gonna, Littlefinger's playing the fool this time. So. <laughs> the rumors that I've heard was that uh, they actually shot some scenes with Dantos. I think last season, and uh, they weren't very good. So uh, they hit the cutting room floor, and they kind of had to scramble and and uh, change things around a little bit. Uh, that's just a rumor. I don't know if that's true, but. Um, uh, I, I do hope they still have Littlefinger leaving and then Sansa, you know, basically being on her own without hope. Mm. I don't know. They could do that. I, I don't like, want... Littlefinger needs to be gone at the Purple Wedding. Yeah. He needs, he needs, he needs to, like, have that shock value of seeing him again. The yeah. Purple Wedding. It's the first <laughs> time I've heard it called that. That's good. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I mean, Littlefinger just lays out his plan like he's been doing this entire show. Yeah. And uh, it, it's... A, it, it's tough because Littlefinger is such a behind the scenes, like keeps his cards close to his chest type of character. And that doesn't really play out all that well on a television show. It's much harder to write that, that character for a TV show because um, then he wouldn't really have much to do. Uh, he well, just kind of sh- don't have much show to up do. in scenes and be like, like – Have him be like there and then at the end you reveal, blah, 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 and then, and, then it's, and then it all links together, right? You don't need to like piece, feed piecemeal all these things to people. They don't need that. And – I don't know. Here's here's the thing. The Littlefinger does reveal a lot of things to Sansa. Like she is kind of like his fatal weakness. He just tries to show off to her. He does do that, but he does that when he's like safe. When he's like at the eerie at the fingers or something. Not when he's in King's Landing and he's surrounded by spies. Yeah. So I don't know. Like that. But uh, again, it it wasn't that I was like raged over it. I would just kind of roll my eyes and move forward. Like I still enjoyed the episode. There's no point. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't quite middle finger worthy. No, like it wasn't like she he was confronting the queen, but it was still no. not really it his was, character. It was strange though because I didn't really understand what he was saying because nobody, no prostitutes are eating each other out. <laughs> well, that was an improvement over before. So yeah, but I just didn't know what he was saying. I couldn't pay attention. It's too much exposition. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, joking, yeah. joking. Oh, um, by the way, he mentions that he saw Arya, but uh, was he was he actually did he actually recognize her, or he's just lying straight I out? I think fan consensus is that he was referring to seeing her at Harrenhal. Yeah, I think so. 
and okay. just being a smart ass. But why didn't he do anything? Like, was he going to try to nab her up for himself? Because he wants his, not Arya. I know, but he's, like, still a player, like a, a, a pawn that they can use, right? Yeah, but he's like, not an act first kind of guy. He's not going to see her and grab her right in front of Tywin and be like, "I'll take her back." No, he he's going to he go. Could tell okay. Tywin, oh, by the way, this girl is somebody, and Tywin's like, "Here, have a lump of gold." Like, like. <laughs> no, no, because because he's a he's a think about it. He's a I know this little bit of information. Well, yeah. if he wants to whisk Sansa away, she's going to then demand that he take Arya with her, if Arya's there. Oh, please. Sansa ain't going to demand shit. She's going to go, oh, <laughs> oh no, thank but I mean, you I mean, for saving me. Oh, God. The only reason oh, why no, he, if, he wouldn't tell Tywin is, is, is if he wanted to grab Ty- Arya himself. Like, he has men there. He's going to try to grab her at some point. That's the only reason why he wouldn't tell Tywin. Cause that would only no, be- he wouldn't tell Tywin because knowledge is power. Tywin I know. doesn't know, and he does. I know, but what he's going to do with that? Like, because Arya will leave, and then they'll know. Who knows? But he, but he's a, uh, but he, that's what he does, yeah. you know. Yeah, but combined with that, he should just grab Arya then, or he'd be planning to. Maybe he's going to have guys that will try to grab them later this episode, like or this season. He's not going to do nothing. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, okay, Arya's there, but that's not going to do. Like, he should at least like have there's somebody no way take he custody. Could, there's no way he could have grabbed Arya amid, in. No, the not of there. Time, but he could have like he time. could have hired a couple of men to stick around, and then like when Tywin leaves, they can try to grab Arya. Uh, he he didn't necessarily know Tywin's plans and when he would leave and all that stuff. And Arya left on her own too, so maybe he did have plans and she foiled them. Yeah, that's something that maybe they, then that would fit it. Maybe why he didn't tell Tywin. So I wouldn't have told Tywin. Well, when Ty- then Tywin finds out, and he's like, "Why the hell didn't you tell?" Well, I guess he could say, "Oh, I didn't like recognize her or whatever." But uh, I don't. Yeah, you're, you're right. He doesn't have to tell Tywin, but he should at least take it to his advantage. That's all I'm saying. Regardless, okay, what well, doesn't matter? We're arguing over something that's not really. Uh, I, I think it's, let's just move on. Like this. So I've, I got a question. They can write you. write it in that he knew and had a plan, and it didn't yeah. pan out. I got a question for you guys. When the heck did Shay? Why and when did Shay get so protective of Sansa? Ugh. It reminds her of herself growing up. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Shay's like, oh my god, I will protect that girl. I always do. It was like, what? What are you talking about? You always do. Well, she to help her like you helped her burn her period bed. What, what else did you do? Like, <laughs> Shay is like, I don't know. She's. I don't- it seemed a lot, it seemed a little just out of left field. Like I am so protective. She of did help people. her out last season, like at the end of the battle and stuff. She was helping her out. So okay. she seems, for whatever reason, she does have that connection. I don't know why she has that connection with her. Why she likes Sansa, but she, it is yeah. consistent with her. Yeah, uh, before. Yeah, agreed. I forgot about just, that scene. You, know, right. you gotta have sympathy for a sixteen-year-old girl getting beaten by grown men. That kind of draws out the sympathy of a woman. It's gotta stick together. Like you got in, in that crazy like world with like Littlefinger and like yeah. the mountain and stuff, you got the women have to stick together. That, that's basic. There you go. <laughs> what else are you gonna? Well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> like even Cersei, in her own twisted way, was trying to protect Sansa. Yeah. Mm. All right. So moving on to uh, the other the other lady, we have um, Daenerys on her boat with her dragons, eventually arriving at Astapor and uh, checking out her new Unsullied or. Uh, her new possibly unsullied army. Yeah. Let's see what I had in that. I thought that was that was first of all great like CGI great scene right. Yeah. The dragons that was awesome. Yeah. I think this is probably her with the uh, slave master is probably my second season's favorite scene uh, next to the Tywin Tyrion mm. one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, the dragons look fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> And I agree. This scene with the with the slaver um, is, is hilarious. I mean, not hilarious, but it's awesome. It's just really cool. Yeah. Um, Especially for the book readers that already know that she understands what he's saying. Hmm. <laughs> 
yeah. Just good, good use of subtitles too. Like you know, not having to subtitle everything. I mean, some people complain about that. Yeah, but, I don't understand yeah. people who are just getting confused about that. I'm like, no, they're subtitling it when he's not, when she's not translating him directly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, and I gotta say that Masandi is it Masandi is uh, is smoking in that slave outfit. How did I know you were going to oh, see that? She's got the little <laughs> underboob cleavage window going on. Dear God Almighty. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> well, the the unsullied were good. They had good, you know, good setup, good armor. They seemed appropriately badass. Yeah, so. they did. I, I I guess you know I was a little disappointed they didn't have the penis hats because I just <laughs> thought that was so funny that they have these phallic helmets and they have nothing going on down there. Um, but you know that's a that's an easy thing that I, I you know I don't really care about. But you know, <laughs> their helmets do have a spike on it. It's just not the way you expect. Yeah, it's it's like. It's a laughable penis on their helmet. <laughs> it's, uh, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got uh, we get Nipplegate. They're calling it. Um, it's chops a gate? dude's nip- Nipplegate. What? There's, there's controversy surrounding it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just heard I it would called be that. Be surprised. In some discussion. They find um, it big. Yeah, so uh, we get all that, and that's all great. We we all seem to enjoy that, and then uh, she goes out to. Um, the docks and uh, sees a little girl and has a creepy old dude following her. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I saw that, because I wasn't thinking about like uh, I know this is from the books and stuff, but I wasn't really thinking when that happens. When I saw like that ball, like somebody we were joking, like is that a bomb or something? <laughs> like a gunpowder <laughs> bomb that's gonna blow up? She turns it. Ar- she turns it around and it has the little fuse, the, yeah. the, the, the little the little rope coming out that's on fire. Yeah. Well, we're talking about like uh, warlocks and stuff too. That's that's an alternate they could have done. The thing just blows up in yeah. her face. But that was awesome. Like that, just the the manticore looks awesome. It matches what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to have like kind of look like a face because of the uh, the stripes or whatever on it. So yep. that was a great scene. Yeah, I liked it. There's a lot of controversy about Barrison the Bold's reveal, mm. though. A lot of people were underwhelmed. Um, it seems to be the consensus that it was underwhelming. Well, I'm. I could be misremembering, but wasn't her finding out that he was really Barristan what pr- prompts her to send him into marine sewers? Yeah, like that. The, he revealed they find out later on that he, that he like lied to her, and that was kind of the punishment to do it. Mm. Um, but I don't think that's too that can be dealt with. That's not. Yeah, but uh, I I just wasn't sure. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a change that uh, that I don't mind so much. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but but Barristan, um he he kept his secret in the book. He kept his identity hidden in the book because he was trying to figure out whether or not Daenerys was a uh, mad Targaryen or yeah. a good one. And I'm I'm perfectly cool with knowing that she's good and just having him be like, "Yo, look, hey, I'm here here to help you." Yeah, I think uh, there's hiding him would have been tough because everyone can see him, right? So yes. I mean, they could have still done that. They could have still had him hiding it, but I don't think it's 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 one of those changes that can that is not crucial. I think, but mm. it does. Uh, uh, trigger another event. Um, the reason why he the, he doesn't tell Danny that Jorah was a spy because he was worried about being revealed. So now he's revealed. Is he is he going to tell her right away? Oh, well, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily sure that uh, 
Is that is that what, like I mean that might have been a factor. It kind of seemed like Barristan was just kind of like you know it's none of my business sort of thing or something until like the guy starts looking down and be like oh you're gonna look down on me I'm gonna reveal it to you <laughs> or something I don't know it's hard I, I can't remember exactly his motivations yeah Quite. I feel like we're gonna get a moment where Jorah confronts Barristan like yeah. in a in a secret room right yeah. and uh, Barristan's gonna be like how you know how dare you I know that you're this spy or whatever and I'm trying to keep and and and, and blah 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 and like then all of a sudden Daenerys is gonna come around the corner and she's gonna be like what you're a spy okay get out of my house for a second I thought that you're going to talk you're going to talk about like a creaking door scene between the two oh, no. <laughs> some people i think like the comic bro girl would enjoy that probably like she's, she's really into jorah right and so so is mimi actually right? there we go she thinks he's yeah. one sexy ass so oh i thought you were talking about barristan and danny <laughs> i said barristan and jorah oh whoa whoa <laughs> kyle was like he confronts him in a dark room and the, the, oh, door, the door creaks <laughs> He's like, so he um, blackmails him. Like, into- <laughs> no, yeah, Jesus, get your mind out of the gutter. What is this? A podcast of ice and fire or something? Episode one one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so we have no strong bell was with uh, mm. with Barristan or Artisan. Um, so, do you guys think we're going to get him at all? He has hmm. not been cast. Okay. I feel like we're going to end up getting him, but in a very much, but in a way where he's just kind of like a general large dude in the army. They have a cameo kind of thing. There's like a big guy, so like book people would know what it was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That would be neat. Yeah, so he'll be there, and he'll probably have his vest on and a bunch of scars and stuff. So people will be like, "It's strong Boas," but I feel like he won't be a significant part of the show. Or they can always add him later on. And for like, that's the thing—you can always bring people a little bit later, like if they feel like it. Right? That keeps options open. So. And I think uh, if they have Barristan fight the dude at Marine, like the the, mm. the hero of Marine, I feel like that'll really kind of show his loyalty and how much he's willing to fight and struggle for uh, Daenerys' cause. That's cool. Yeah, that'd be a good way to show off some of his skills, right? Yeah. He's already stopped at an assassin, but he still hasn't really had like, a fight. They're going to be like, the hero's going to come out and they're going to be like, all right, let's do this one-on-one. And Barristan's going to be like... It is, it is my honor to, to fight for you, yeah. my queen, or whatever. And he's going to go out there and go one-on-one. Cool them all. Yeah. But yeah. They've built up Barristan pretty well. I mean, even in season one, Ned kept saying, like, oh, like you were such a good fighter, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> that's one of the arcs they've done pretty well. Yeah. I think so. And and Jorah knows he's one of the best fighters yeah. ever. Um, <laughs> so apparently, I was just uh, reading a tweet last night. Barristan Selmy is the number one uh, hit page on Wiki of Ice and Fire this past week. <laughs> <laughs> So no nobody remembers who he was. is, and they're all looking him up. <laughs> well, that's why they, they had that scene with him at the start of the uh, episode, where it's like yeah. last season, or last time, but even though it was, that was first season. That like, kind of pisses me off. I, yeah. You know, I can understand why they do that. You know, yeah. they don't want to, you know, they want to keep people in the loop. But at the same time, I kind of wish they didn't, because then the reveal at the end would have been like, oh, he's back, yeah. Um, whereas in the beginning, you're like, oh, well, that guy's coming back. No, I don't think people could 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 know that. Like, the, I don't th- I don't think the 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 TV viewer people are going to be like, oh, he's going to come because they saw him in that episode. I, I don't think, think so. Pay- I don't think they're they're paying that much attention. Oh, I think so. I think enough people who watch TV when you watch the beginning mm. when you watch the opening recap, if there's somebody you haven't seen in a while who has a who has a key moment in the recap, you know that dude. That's a good question, up. actually. Yeah, let's see. Give us some feedback on that if you think that yeah. ruined the surprise or it's it, it, it was irrelevant to us because we knew he was going to come back. Yeah. So it was cool. Okay. All right, so uh, all that, and we have one more. We have um, we have Joffrey in his little uh, his little car box, <laughs> and uh, Marjorie going to the orphanage. Quickly followed by um, the dinner with all of them together. 
Cool. Um, Marguerite is so much older than Joffrey. It's funny, but it's good. Like it, it works. You know, it's because it's, yeah. it's a political marriage. You got You got to do it, right? So, but it's just funny. It's comical because the interaction. She definitely is older, but I got to say, I, not once. What like my first view of the show. It sounds like you're complete opposite. But when I was first watching the show, not once did I go, "Oh God, she's way too old for him." Yeah, no, she doesn't look her age at all. No, I'm not saying she that she's too old, but it's just, it's just funny. In some yeah. of her scenes. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. Just the look on Joffrey's face this whole scene where he's just like, what is happening? What is going on? <laughs> I was, I was I cracking up. I thought it was this. hilarious. Yeah. It was funny. It was, it was just like they're making her into like Diana sort of thing, which is kind of what she, what she does anyways, right? Yeah. Like that she, she's good at the PR and getting people to love her. So that actually matches pretty well what she does. Yeah. yeah, and I, I like that they're showing how because in the books it kind of just seemed like the little people loved her because she was just a pretty young girl who was the new queen. Mm-hmm. And here we see that her actually yeah. going out and doing charity work yeah. and not just you know handing out you know, flowers. She's, though she she should have taken some guards with her. Just saying, like I don't, I don't. <laughs> you don't walk around <laughs> Flea Bottom with like when they saw that big guy there, like because I remember that was from one of the trailers. The guy like doing there, I was trying to figure out like what is that? Like Margaret getting ambushed or something? <laughs> And well, just like, to be fair, there were guards behind her and King's guards in front of her, too. So. Yeah, but yeah. No, I thought it worked well. Uh, and then in the scene right after, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great way of showing how important the Tyrells are to the uh, Lannisters' cause right now. Because they talked about all the all the food and everything that they've been sending up to King's Landing. And just how they're really just in, just just intertwining themselves with the running of King's Landing and the survival of King's Landing. Completely dependent on them, yeah. Like, yeah. And they had nice jabs at each other, like over, especially Cersei and Joffrey were like jabbing. Yeah. And it, was, it was just good. Like, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think Marjorie's going to be a fun one to watch this season. I really think they're going to, she's just going to be playing this up the whole time. It's going to be politics, politics, and it's going to be just fun to watch her work. What did I also want to mention? Uh, just the, when Joffrey's talking about like charity or something, that's like when, when my entire viewing party just started laughing. There's just something funny about like when he's like, yeah, charitable like endeavor. Like we just laughed. It's, it's funny. It was like it pained him to say it. Yeah. Yes. He couldn't even say the word. He was trying to like charitable. Yeah. He's like, like she's very good at this charity <laughs> thing. Oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. So awesome. Well, that's the episode, guys. That was our recap. Cool. Have anything was else our... jotted down here? It looks like I went through everything I wrote down. So that was fun. I liked I liked doing it that way rather than just like trying to go scene by scene. Yeah, uh, I think it works because we can just talk about their entire arc instead of trying to hold back something about what they've been through in the episode. It seems like the overall the, the episode was there were there were divisions in the forums, but people are you know have different views, and so far things are good, having good debate. No table flipping. Yeah. Good, good, good start to this to the season, and looking forward to more. So, <laughs> <laughs> at R E N V I says uh, to our, how did you like the season premiere? He says it was good. I'm actually looking forward to Danny's story again. And there was yeah. a scene with Roz and Shay with no sex position at all. It worked. <laughs> actually, that's a good point. Like I, I, dis, I really disliked Danny's story last season, but so far it's been good. So they, yeah. they've turned the page on that and. So that's good. That's a good point Hopefully there. We'll forget about everything that happened last season. There you go. Are we done oh, then? Oh, here, here's something, guys. Um, before we go, uh, Tywin was writing that letter. What do you think was uh, was up with that letter Ooh. he was writing? Actually, yeah, I, I looked at that like uh, the screencast screenshot for that. It just said something about supplies or something. It didn't. It, it didn't really say. 
it wasn't like a red letter, wedding or sort of, sort of letter. It was just like, okay. we need supplies or blah, blah, blah. So okay. I think it was just like a normal logistics letter. Gotcha. And it was kind of and, those uh, ones that doesn't make sense. Like if you actually, because it's just nonsense written down, right? Like yeah. a couple of the words make sense. But if you actually read it out, you'd be like, what's up with Tywin? Like he's not even like, <laughs> he can't even write. But, there you go. It'd be funny if like it was like bring the four whores in like tomorrow or something. <laughs> <laughs> you at seven. You at eight. Bring a friend. Yeah. Here we go, guys. We got asked on Twitter. Were there any frays with Rob? Not that I noticed. Well, there's not really like any riv- like the river men are really around yet. They will show up later, I think. That's why it was surprising to see the Malister. That's probably why they put it there. So it's not a complete shock to be like, oh, by the way, there's a whole other like bunch of lords. <laughs> here, here, that, that that are part of Rob's cause. So here, have yeah. that Malister there. So when you see the other ones, it won't be mm. such a shock. Yeah. But, um, mm. Interesting. The other thing was uh, the new opening credits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For, with yeah. the harpy. Yeah, harpy and Winterfell was burning in yeah. the opening credits. This was pretty awesome. Yeah. And we can see Yankai in the distance too. Although mm-hmm. it, on the map it looked kind of close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Those title sequences are. I mean, that title sequence is. Just fantastic as always. It's probably the only title sequence I actually want to watch every time it's on. Yeah. Cool. Well, quick news and one thing I wanted to mention: our MS Paint project. The first two books are out now, and they're in our store on the podcast site. And we're working on the third book, uh, Storm of Swords, in paint in the forums. If you want to contribute to that. Uh, the second thing I want to say is like we love getting le- listener feedback, like whatever form. But it'd be cool if we get some more audio feedback, and we'll play that at the end of the episodes. So send us some audio feedback in particular to iceandfirepodcast at gmail.com. Um, what else did I want to mention? Uh, anything else you, you two want to mention in terms of that kind of stuff? Or yeah. Oh, here. There's one thing I want to mention. Did, did, did either of you watch uh, Rage of Thrones? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Did you see that, Kyle? Rage of Thrones? I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, it's you know what's funny. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really funny parody, and really, really, really funny. But I was trying to get Mimi to watch it, and then she's like, "Oh, I don't watch Game of Thrones videos." And I'm like, "That's so ironic. <laughs> you should watch this video because it seems like you wrote it <laughs> or something." <right? laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I'm just yeah. I'm a little tired of all yeah. that. No, no, no one can defend the, the the mentality the guy has. Like the thing oh. is, like fully, because he's so pissed off and he's like doing that. Like, but you know. I actually I thought you were talking about a different different video. But yes, I've seen this one too. But okay. the one I, I I thought you were talking about the college humor uh, wish fulfillment one. No, I'm that talking about funny. the like the access awesome yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but that like, was not as funny as the other one. <laughs> I, I still thought that <laughs> but was I pretty funny because it. it's so over the top, right? Like you, you can understand why like he he doesn't like people aren't reading books on the other hand if you haven't read the books already and you're watching the show your enjoyment of the show is probably best to watch it without reading the books because yeah. you're yes. surprised by everything right so you should you should there's no harm in watching just the show the point is once the show is completely over and you're like well i don't want to touch the books like i've seen everything that's when you might get a bit of rage like you're like no because they're two different things right and you're, yeah. you're refusing to touch the other one of course it's your personal decision but i can understand the resentment there but I, but i don't understand it with all the watching the show already because they can enjoy the show without knowing what's going on so you can't really blame somebody for doing that mm. so yeah and then the, the, the other side of it is like he talks about like i waited so long for 
the books. And well, yeah, he did. But I mean, that's just the way it turned out. Like some people never had access to the books or whatever. You can't be like so. So uh, <laughs> you're getting so into this. <laughs> yeah, analyzing it, right? Kind of yeah. Just because you, just because, just because I read the books, like I read the books since before Storms of Swords came out, and I, I, I have that thing. I can't just then look down on other people who didn't. Like a lot of people weren't even born then. Like exactly. it, was, it was just an accident of history that it happened. Um, I know that the pain that that I had or whatever, but you can't knock other people for it, right? That yeah. that that then you're just going the opposite. The opposite of bandwagon is trying to be like too like cliquey or whatever, right? And like yep. keeping things. So that yeah, being said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have a tough time with all that. I mean, because uh, you know, we've got this show where I've read the books, and then and then the show comes on. So I got that perspective on it. But then something like Walking Dead, which I which I love, I, I really enjoy that show. But I've never actually read the comics, mm-hmm. so I get that from people who have read the comics, and um, I get that side of the fandom. Yeah, who are like, well, you got to read it. Well, you got to read it. And so I'm not going to put my. I waited seven years gonna, for the last comic or yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to put my Game of Thrones, uh, like that. I've read the books. I'm not going to shove that in people's no. faces who are just watching the show, because the same thing happens to me for Walking Dead, and I hate it. It's it's awful. It's like it's all part of like the same universe kind of thing going on. And why can't we all just be friends? Like, come on. Yeah. That, that, that's why I say you, you just you should enjoy the show while respecting the books. Saying okay, there's these good books out there. I just when you, when you disrespect the books and say like oh whatever like like I, I'm oh I'm reading the books but I skipped Game of Thrones because I already watched season one. That's kind of annoying. That's still your right to do it. That's <laughs> annoying, right? I've already seen season one. I'm Anyone skip who one. does that deserves <laughs> what they get when they're confused the yeah. hell out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good. Then you hit up. Then you hit up Quiburn on Wiki of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Just I mean, uh, Barristan. Yeah. Hey, here's the other thing. Okay, so if you are going to watch the show and not read the books, then why the hell are you spoiling yourself by like going and reading like storylines of like on wikis and stuff like that? Some people do that. I'm like, now you're ru- you're ruining both avenues. You could at least enjoy the show, but you're like, oh, my friend told me like, what happens in the fifth book. Your friend's a jackass if he did that. Like he's ruining the show for you and the books at the same time. Like. That's not a real friend. If with friends like that, who needs enemies? <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad we we hammered it out here. It's something that we, we talked about. And with that, hopefully Mimi will be back. That's the plan. Right. She'll be back. She's powering her way through season two. So Mimi is watching the show, folks. For 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 all of you, like she's the taking one, she's taking a bullet. <laughs> she's gonna come back with some rage. And this, oh my god, this is why I want to record the episodes like right after we watch it, because the rage is just at the surface. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. I, we'll see if we actually keep recording episodes. It's gonna be tricky with all our timelines and stuff. We will record episodes yeah. one way or the other. We will. The only we problem might, is might five days after. Hosts. Yeah. We'll figure it one out. One week Mimi's there, one week yeah, I'm there. Might have to. And I mean, like, we're going to the convention and stuff like that, so we might miss those weeks anyways, and then maybe we could cover those weeks. So, good. That's what I want to say. And uh, keep listening to us. And, well, hopefully, they'll keep listening to us. But join us on the, the forums and Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, DeviantArt, and all things smart. Like, that's that's everything. And, uh, smart in a podcast of Ice and Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next time. Later, guys. Yep. Bye.
cool. All right, awesome. That was uh, that was great. We did that in like an hour. Yeah, that was good. Fantastic. Although I might I not get works. it out till like Friday though. But there we go. But it's at least we recorded it. That's the key, right? Getting it recorded while it's yeah, still getting fresh. it recorded. Put it out. We're never on time anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, here's hoping we get an influx of new people like we did last season. So uh, Linecom one in our chat box said, "I doubt they've even recorded yet. We'll be lucky to get it by Sunday." <laughs> well, that's I, what I, so I said on Twitter. I said, like, expected this weekend, maybe earlier. Uh, it's better to have people's expectations not be as high. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because otherwise they're like, oh, it's Thursday already. Where is it? So just I always give, like, that Star Trek engineers, like, uh, estimate. They'll be like, they'll be like uh, O'Brien or Scotty, like, when are you going to get it out? Like, and he's like, oh, 10 hours. Oh, you have a five. Because you said 10 hours. If you actually said five hours, he likes 2.5. And you're like, oh, shit, I can't get it out in 2.5, right? So always give them that longer estimate. Is better. Then, if you get it earlier, they'll be surprised. They'll be happy. So true. There will be one sometime this week. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Guess we're gonna head out. Nothing else to. Uh, I want to talk for actually a minute, not about this, just about uh, conventions actually. So then. Awesome. All right. Cool chatting with you guys. You guys have a great day, and uh, yeah. I'll catch you later. Cheers. All right. Peace. <laughs> I don't know if it's my headset or if it's if you're too loud, but it's probably too too loud because Ashley seems fine. Well, it's it's the, I'm hearing a bit of reverb off of you. Okay, uh, how's that? Is this better? Is it louder? Is it softer? It kind of sounds like you're in a bathroom in that sense that you're. It seems he is in a bathroom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's on he's on the, he's on the uh, can right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that didn't affect it at all. Does that affect it at all? Is that a different change? A bit better. What are you? What are you? You do changing the Skype settings or the mic settings? I'm changing them. Right. Okay. So we should I? Let's into this. I don't have too much time. Yeah. So. Let's get into this. So uh, should I do an intro and then give a lemon cake rating? We'll do that, and then Kyle can lead on with the, like the character stuff. That is that. Okay. Sound? Sounds good. Okay. So this is episode 101. I'll say April 1st just to have April. Okay. Okay.